This is the Used Car Dealer Podcast. Well, hello, Zach here, and we have a great guest on the podcast today, Ken Hill, who is the Managing Director at 700 Credit. Thank you for joining us today, Ken. Uh, Zach, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Appreciate the opportunity to talk to your audience. So let's get things started. For those of us listening, what does your role as Managing Director encompass, and how did you get into the credit side of the automotive industry? Um, well, first, I've uh, I've been in credit for, uh, you can date me here, but almost 30 years. So uh, I started off when I used to pull your credit to purchase a cell phone, and uh, got into automotive about, uh, I would say, about 20 years ago. Um, and I, I really liked um, getting into a specialized industry because I, I felt it was um, it was easier to develop uh, products, especially around compliance solutions when you're zoomed in on one industry versus uh, um, all industries, which uh, previously I was incorporated to. 700 credit, um, uh, a lot, huge focus on BD. I manage our business development team and, uh, and the sales team. Um, and then the support teams, uh, but, but I have a great, uh, I have a great management team, um, with a, a lot of automotive experience and uh, a lot of industry experience. I think it's probably well over a hundred years and they'll probably hit me for telling you that, uh, but well over there's <laughs> an industry experience in my management team. So in automotive, so I'm pretty excited. So how has credit and compliance changed in the period of COVID-19 from your lens? Yeah, um, it, it's changed a lot. First, I think, uh, and not so much just my lens, but I think um, it's accelerated dealers' ad- adaptation of digital retailing probably about two years. You know, who, who knows how long it would have take dealers to adapt digital retailing to where they are today, um, you know, and I think, you know, digital retailing has, you know, just been accelerated and, and dealers understand now that they, they need to have some form of di- digital retailing. It's also from a credit lens, I think it's really advanced the products uh, and, and made more of the products more mature to be able to do that uh, complete process online. Um, and, and hand in hand with that uh, is the uh, pre-qualification. Uh, which is a form of credit, right? That it's consumer authorized, but it's a soft pull. Sort of fits the digital retailing, the online shopping environment perfectly. Our volumes in that product uh, have um, have grown tremendously throughout this year, and uh, it's more than offset our, de- our decline. We've had about a twenty percent decline uh, from start to end of the year, as our transactional volumes has gone a little down. Traditional credit. Mm-hmm qualification have gone up 60-70% because it fits that consumer buying experience when he's out there shopping for a car. Um, so, And also pre-screen. Uh, pre-screen, we've have a, had a lot of integrations lately in service lane um, because it, uh, it complements selling cars out of the service lane. It provides insight uh, to those consumers who didn't buy the car at that dealership. It tells them, you know, uh, what's how much do they owe on the vehicle? So el- equity payments can be, um, you know, calculated how much they'll have to put down towards that car and equity. Also, a payment, current payment versus proposed payment. That's stuff that the DMS doesn't have on uh, vehicles that were bought at the store. 
And our stats show probably about 40% of vehicles in the service lane uh, were not purchased in that store. So, um, th so that digital environment as well, uh, dealers trying to sell vehicles out of the service lane uh, has really taken off, because, again, because of the environment. And how is credit and compliance adapted for automotive digital retail? And what role does pre-qualify play in that? Yeah, uh, great, great question. So um, the pre-qualify, as I mentioned earlier, is a soft pull. So it doesn't impact the consumer's credit um, and it's not a hard pull. But with that, with a pre-qual, uh, you get a full credit report and a FICO score. So um, one of the key factors in digital retailing that I see, we, I probably look at five, 10 products a week or talk with the vendors of those products because our prequal is integrated into most of the products that are out there. But one of the key satisfaction um, with dealer satisfaction, consumer satisfaction with a digital retail product is that that payment that's quoted to that consumer is accurate. And the only real way to do that is to do a prequal. And it, uh, because you're getting that consumer's accurate credit picture and um, being able to calculate uh, an accurate payment off of their credit score versus self-reported scores. You know, consumer might know their score um, or they might've just went to like a credit karma and got their uh, Vantage score. Mm -hmm. but Dealers know we're using FICOs in the, the office and we, we got to have to get those. In. So pre-qualification complements that online shopping environment as well and because it doesn't impact the consumer score. So if I'm shopping over here, I can get an accurate payment at this dealership and I go to this dealership and I'm interested in this vehicle, I can get pre qual over here and get an accurate uh, payment quote over here without impacting my credit. So it really benefits the consumer as well as, as the dealer. Um, from a compliance standpoint, because it is, uh, it, you have to ask the consumer, uh, you know, hey, we're gonna, is it okay to access your credit? This doesn't impact your credit, but we need your permission to access your credit. Um, it, it really covers you from a compliance perspective. There is some um, points of view that you need to do adverse uh, with pre-qualification, or if you're not, um, going right to a full credit app, you, you also may need to do uh, um, risk-based pricing notices off prequal, but that's it's interpretive and, uh, and interpretations uh, tend to be all, all over the map right now on that. And to give the audience a little context, you work, you're basically on the back end of a lot of auto software products and you work with a lot of different dealers. How many different vendors and dealers does 700 Credit work with? Yeah. yeah uh, so yes, um, we're probably, we're, we're behind most digital retailing products that are out there on the market. Um, um, Carnal, Goobagoo, Roadster, uh, but then also our software partners, and that's has been always been our strength is our, our channel partners, our, our partners such as yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, over the years, we probably were close to 200 integration partners now. So if you, you know, it would be 95% of DMSs out there, 95% of CRMs, uh, and they're, they're you know, the, our partnerships are the real strength of our business and our business, business growth um, come from our partners. So talk about some of the compliance mistakes that like a used car dealer makes that could get them into some legal trouble. Yeah. 
Well, and, and when, if I talk about used car dealers compliance, um, you know, the, the big franchise groups, the big groups, um, they're on the auditor's radar. They're on the state and the federal auditors. They're, you know, they're, they're, they start with us, they start with the bureaus, and, and then they start to come down into the big groups. So um, I haven't seen a lot of case law on used car dealerships. However, um, what I would say is, um, you know, is for used cars dealers to make sure you have programs in place uh, so that if you are audited or if you're sued, um, and an ugly word, uh, if you're sued, uh, you have programs and you have a defense. If you don't have programs, you don't have a defense. And one thing I am seeing, and I think it will impact used car dealers, um, I call them um, uh, mystery shoppers, but they're not, I got to come up with a better word than mystery shopper. Everybody knows what a mystery shopper is, right? Uh, mm-hmm. uh, restaurant chain will send people in, in to eat at their restaurants and then and then rate the restaurants and the service. And they're, you know, um, so uh, this is a, a, a sort of a nasty turn of events um, in uh, the industry right now is that there's mystery shoppers for adverse action. So law firms are out there and, and please heed this warning. Make sure you're, you have an adverse action program in place. If you don't know where adverse occurs in your used car dealership, when when you should deliver it, you can call us. If you're a customer, you're not a customer, we'll help you. Um, but they're sending, they're sending the 500 credits with the bankruptcies, with the you know, late payments, the repos, they're sending them in to buy cars in the dealership uh, in the hopes that you're going to pull that consumer's credit and go, oh my gosh, no, I don't, I can't, I don't have any finance programs for you. And you just tell them no at the spot or you make them a counter offer and, you, and they don't take the counter offer. Um, and then they walk out of the dealership, they'll wait. I think it's 30 days. You have 30 days to give them an adverse action notice. If you mm-hmm. don't send that person an adverse action notice, uh, they're gonna sue you. And then they're gonna try to convert that suit to a class action suit, which means they're gonna subpoena or they're gonna, you know, they're gonna ask you for everybody you sold, didn't sell a car to and pull the uh, credit report on in the last two years. And they're going to try and, and, and take it to class action lawsuit. I've seen it. I've been uh, testified in them. Uh, so it's, um, you have to be careful. Uh, it's, um, it's not a pretty side of the, um, you know, I guess you can make a case that they're helping to ensure that dealers have good processes in place, but that's not why they're doing it. So. Interesting. And if you were to give a dealership or used car dealer a checklist of compliance tools and credit tools from like pre-screen to income verification, sure. what would you suggest the average used car dealership should have in place? Um, I, I'd certainly, I, uh, I'd have way the, what some of the nicest tools that we're integrated with that I've seen and uh, are, you know, first of all, um, from a tool set would be to pre-qualify, right? Used car dealers, a lot of your volume comes from, uh, you know, market automotive marketplaces, autotradercars.com, right? You're putting your, your, your inventory up on those sites and um, have a way to pre-qualify consumers, um, you know, get an insight at the top of the sales funnel, you know, what that consumer's credit classification is before you pull their hard credit pull. 
Um, so, and that'll give you, you know, what type of consumer you're dealing with, what type of interest rate they're looking at, what type of payment they're classified. It's going to shorten your sales cycle. It's going to help you prioritize sales, shorten your sales cycle. Um, and, and it does help you sell more cars. We give feedback all the time. We ask customers for testimonials. I'm selling more cars with a pre-qualification product on my website. So you can have it on your website, on your inventory, and then you can forward links to consumers to fill out, to be pre-qualified um, that are coming into your CRM. Um, and uh, it's, it's, it really helps sell. Now, from a, a compliance uh, standpoint, I, would, I mentioned earlier, I would make sure you understand. Again, we have free videos on compliance. We want to see them, what you should have in place at a dealer. Get compliance pro programs in place. Um, it doesn't. It adds a little bit of overhead in terms of somebody's got to do this, and it's a pain in the rear every month. Um, but you want to have a good program in place. Don't be caught with your pants down and have nothing. Uh, get a program in place. Um, those those would be my uh, my two recommendations. So give me a peek ahead into twenty twenty one and what you guys have coming down the pipeline. Sure. So believe it or not, I, I would say that most digital retail products are, are still very, um, I'll, I'll call them uh, immature uh, or not mature, uh, that they really not all, all digital retail products, you know, help engage the consumer and then and work with that consumer as they complete the digital retail some just take that initial engagement and pass it to the CRM. Um, and I, you know, that's, uh, uh, that's sort of tough to work at digital retailing out of the CRM. You know, I think so tools are maturing, whereas that they continue to allow you to engage with the consumer. So I, and, and all the way to contracting and now our sister company, Penn, is starting to get a lot of traction, which is aftermarket products. Um, and incorporating those into the digital retailing so the dealer doesn't lose the upside of those aftermarket products in a digital deal. Um, and, and for us, we're going to be coming out with uh, a digital retailing product that's sort of targeted at the, uh, at the independent market, um, something that can service uh, that the, the mid-sized to small dealership that doesn't, you know, um, doesn't have the, the price tag associated with it that are, are with some of the larger organizations. So that's sort of our, and also our, our products, I can't tell you how much our products have changed, even from the beginning of last year, let alone from two years ago, to help support the digital retailing environment. Uh, we're pretty agile. We, uh, we, you know, whatever we hear is needed by the industry, we react and adapt. Or is that adapt and react? It might be adapt and react. Sorry. Huh. And uh, another question. So, a lot of buy here, pay here dealers, we hear feedback from them like digital retail is great if you're running your average like retail operation. What sort of ways or opportunities do buy here, pay here dealers have to leverage credit tools in digital retail, knowing that mm. they have kind of a slightly different model? Yeah, uh, it's a good, good question. Um, you know, we that's a question our team faces every day. I'm a buy here, pay here. I don't need to pull credit, right? Uh, but there's so much information on a credit file that can help digi uh, a buy here, pay here. Um, you know, and, and I know some buy here, pay here as well. I got to turn off switching the car. If they don't pay, I turn it off. Um, but, you know, you still want to try to understand the current situation 
Are they in bankruptcy? Do they owe anybody? Are they in collections? Am I going to be a priority? You know, why start off a relationship leaning on, I'm going to turn their vehicle off, but there is some, um, you know, there's some, some good data in a credit file that can help, um, you know, including all their current, uh, who they owe money to and contact information for everybody they owe money to. Um, you, and you get an idea of how much they're paying out each month. Um, so there's, there's still, there's a lot of uh, good information in credit file. We're also looking at some products, um, alternative data sources is another item that I think is, is, it's been real slow moving. When I was, you know, got in automotive 20 years ago, alternative data sources and, uh, um, uh, the old NABD, uh, was it Ken Shilson? Is it? I think got right. Yeah, he was also mm-hmm. alternative data, uh, but it, it really hasn't gained traction. But I think now that the bureaus, each bureau has purchased an alternative data source, uh, Experian NT have all purchased one, and their uh, the intent is not to merge those with the credit file. So um, we're looking at launching some products this year to give insight into that uh, alternative data, um, meaning um, you know buy here, pay here, short-term loans that are, are funded over the internet. There's all sorts of different data sources that report to these alternative data sources that don't report to the bureaus today. So that's, that's going to be interesting. Um, and I think that's going to hopefully, uh, hopefully it's going to start to take some, some legs in the industry. It's, it's been very slow adapting, but I think now that the bureaus have committed to it, um, you know, they're experts in building data and building files. I think it's going to have some legs. Well, Ken, I've really enjoyed your insight. And before we close everything out, I wanted to see if there was anything we didn't discuss that you'd like to discuss. Uh, I don't think so. I, uh, I think uh, you hit all the key points. And, uh, you know, um, I think things are, are I, I think they're really positioned to, uh, to take off in automotive. I think there's a lot of consumers out there, me included, that's waiting to trade their car until after COVID and uh, shortage of inventory right now, but I think that's going to turn around as well. So um, I'm really excited for 2021 and I appreciate uh, the opportunity to talk to you today. Well, thanks again, Ken. We really enjoyed you on today's episode of the used car dealer podcast. Thanks Zach. I appreciate it.